Welcome to Bad Weather After Dark. I am your host, Jonathan Miller, and this is the sound of my voice. With me today, as almost always, is J.P. Hurley. How are you doing, J.P.? Almost always, J.P. Hurley. That was my nickname in high school, actually, almost always. I'm, I'm like I'm, a, I'm like a 90% guy. That's what the ladies called you? Almost always? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's those few times where it didn't quite get there, and the ladies noticed. They didn't. They didn't forget. This is going to be kind of a fun show. JP and I, for you, the good listener, have watched the movie The Notebook. And we are going to talk about The Notebook in all of its fine, conflict-driven, uh, adolescent love, uh, maybe not love, uh, uh, squishy, love, lovely, uh, relationshipy goodness. Yeah? Yeah, John's right. And I think... Uh... We're going to be doing stuff like this a lot. We're going to do, we're going to watch like movies, maybe give you some suggestions for date night movies. We encourage you to watch them uh, and maybe then listen to this or watch them while you're listening to this or after you listen to it and come up with your own, your own stuff. But we're going to, we're going to do some different shit on this, on this show. So like lots of different shit. Yeah. So this, you know, maybe you've seen it before or maybe it's been a long time or or maybe you just vaguely remember it. We're going to get into just kind of walk us. We're going to walk through the plot a little bit, talk about things we noticed. We chose this movie specifically because uh, as you're hearing this, it is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, listener. Unless you're listening to this a day after, then happy belated Valentine's Day. But Valentine's Day lives on in our hearts forever. Can't we all agree on that? Another um, made up bullshit holiday. <laughs> <laughs> right fair fair is there I any think... guy that likes valentine is there any single guy on the planet that's like oh i love valentine's day it's my favorite yeah oh single guys any single any guys, guys. trouble with it right oh any guys at all yeah i don't know maybe i i never Fuck valentine's I, day and, and i i don't want to meet him i don't care to i don't care to talk to him honestly it's probably it. like uh bobby valentine's is his name and he's like i only oh. like it because it's my last name yeah his website gets lots of hits that day, so he's cool with it. <laughs> For the whole year, it's his quota. <laughs> oh man, that's I call it Black Black uh, Thursday or whatever, because I get get lots of hits. My website goes back into the black. Um, oh. so. For this particular show, and right before we get into the notebook, and uh, I'm very eager to hear your thoughts on it, I have switched over. Uh, previously, we recorded two uh, shows today. Earlier, I was recording with a sparkling ice plus caffeine. I am mm. switching over now. To a delicious yellowtail Pinot Noir for oh our after God. dark recording. Are we required? We should be required to drink something for all of these, and then state what we're drinking. That is the mandatory man emphasis on man. Should I run it? Can I run it? Get something quick. I encourage you to do that, and I will filibuster while you do. Go right ahead. You're not. You're just gonna play. You're you know post production. You're gonna play the sound of crickets or something. No, I'm gonna badmouth you the whole time you're gone. Damn it. I got my headphones on still. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, listener, good listener. Here, uh, for the, I believe the month of February, the notebook is available on Netflix. That's where I uh, consumed this movie. This movie came out in 2004, stars Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams. Uh, special guest appearance by James Marsden, who is pretty great in this. Uh, you'll know him from Sonic fame. Uh, he's also pretty great in that. Also, you get James Garner uh, playing the elderly Noah in this film, although they call him Duke in the very beginning, I think, because they're trying to, uh, I don't know, uh, obscure his 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 name from his, I mean, spoiler alert, he's talking to his wife, but they call him Duke. I love the name Duke. So anyway, you get that too. Look, Hurley's already back. What'd you grab, Hurley? Uh, just because it makes zero sense because we're recording after dark. Uh, I grabbed myself a high noon High noon. flavor, and you yeah. get to hear the sound of the can cracking. You ready? Did that come through? Fucking zoom clipped it out. It was. Oh, it sounded. I'm sure it sounded glorious. Bitch. Yep. No, uh, I know. I tried to pull my wine high into the mic too, but it didn't work. Um, I, I I saw you trying, but I could not hear you trying. No, zoom zoom will clip that out, which is okay because that when my dog barks, it clips it out too. But hey, let's get into this damn movie, okay? Let's do it. So, how do you want to uh, start? While I watched this on a couch under a blanket with a female companion, no pants. Uh, I had the lights down low. Always no pants because it was after dark. Yep. Um, let's get into it. So this movie opens on slow motion geese flying over 
uh, a river, a pristine uh-huh. river at like a sunset, right? Are, mm-hmm. they, are they geese? Are they pelicans? Who's to say? It's the south, I think. So I, I don't know. I don't live in the south. I don't know what the. Um, what I the think they're they geese because it's Ryan Geesling as Ryan Gosling. That's that's that's, that's why they did it. Yeah, that's I why love they did it. it. Yeah, uh, he's <laughs> rowing a boat. I think it's him. But like, then we get we get some other um, scenes of uh, the elderly um, alley, like looking out over a river. So hard to say, like what time frame we're in a little bit. Um, that's what they call anyway. her in the movie too. It's, Hey, look, it's elderly alley, elderly alley. <laughs> I, you know what? I can't wait till I get old enough to be cruising down elderly alley. Hey, look, it's elderly Miller. Oh yeah. yeah elderly alley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there like a, a gate? It's a gated community and you have to be above a certain age and scan your badge to be able to get into uh, elderly alley. Oh, I know my, I have less dreamy uh, visions of what my elderly years are going to be like. I pictured it being like one of those dark alleys in uh, John Wick where he has to beat somebody up with a bottle or something. That's, that's my elderly alley. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> okay. So geese and then it, uh, somebody rowing a boat and then it cuts into like, uh, some real shit. Right. Doesn't it like, uh, it kind of so goes we... to like Duke. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we Duke, get into so she's, story. she's like looking out over the thing or whatever, and then we see the inside of the elderly home, and uh, there's some old guys standing in line for their pills. One of them says, "I keep trying to die, but they won't let me." And I thought that was kind of fun. I had a good chuckle at that. That was cute. Um, yeah, yeah. And then and then we get Duke. We're introduced to Duke, and Duke goes and talks to Allie, and he starts reading her her uh, story. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously we don't know who these two people are or uh, just looks like two people who are friendly with each other or something. And then we get into the story. One of the first things we see, one of my favorites, Kevin Connolly from Entourage fame onto the screen, being all Kevin Connolly. Uh, he plays Finn, I believe, who is uh, Noah's one of Noah's friends. They're kind of this is uh, pre-World War Two. Uh, they are in, you know, the classic like big pants that are pulled up to their navel uh, instead of no pants yeah instead of no pants which is how we how we prefer it um but th- you know they're like uh i think they're working on a construction site or something like they're in like a log and kevin connell kevin, kevin connelly was he also in the rock kevin connelly no that is sean connery oh different guy kevin, kevin connelly about that best <laughs> and then what do the winners do oh they go home and fuck the prom queen oh Carla was the prom queen. Did you know that Carla was the prom queen? We'll have to watch The Rock next, I guess. <laughs> it's not as like up the romantic alley as we were going to try to no, go. No, it's not. We, we, were, we were trying to find movies that had something to do with relationships. Oh, I had a really, okay, a sidebar. I do had it. a good recommendation for the next one of these we do. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, God, that's a good fucking movie. All about relationships, too, right? That's He's a GFM, to a good his... fucking movie. Yeah, that's a GFM. We're yeah, and it's like an unhealthy too. way to deal with, like, uh Super pain. unhealthy <laughs> way to deal with things. <laughs> so good. So, uh, Notebook cuts back, uh, and oh. it's uh, Finn and buddies, and they're at, like, a fair, right? Yes. So, yes, they are at the fair. And uh, the, so, when, when Old Alley is looking out over the river or whatever. And she's in the old folks home. She's wearing like this red jacket. Right. And then when we get to the fair, the first time we see young Allie wearing a red jacket, like a nice little piece of directing there that like shows you Damn. that this is the same. There's probably a lot of that telling shit. you it's the same. Per- yeah. I bet there is too. Yeah. But anyway, a little thing I noticed there. Uh, Noah does. Noah does something ridiculous. So this is, this starts like this trend of, of Noah going after Allie. Uh, and yeah. her turning him down. She's actually like, I think on a date with a different guy and she's turning him down and he's very persistent and he jumps on the And Ferris by the way, wheel. I got to say this before the Ferris wheel, he, like he walks up to her and I want to, like, we, we probably got to go more um, milestone-y moments now going forward because uh, we're, we're never going to have to have time to cover all of this. No, I got like you. This, no, th- which yep, is great. Go ahead. Before the Ferris wheel, Ryan Gosling walks up to her and she's on a date with another fucking dude. And he yep. asks her out right in front of that guy. And, and Ryan Gosling, uh, the honey badger, or Noah in the movie, Noah uh-huh. doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't no. care about rejection. He's no. He sees what he wants. He's going to go for it. And I, and I like, he's I a very respect confident that. dude. I kind of yeah, dig it too. He's real yeah. confident. Like, if you want an too. example of confidence out in the dating world or like asking somebody out, do what Noah did in the notebook because he just walked up and asked her out in front of people, doesn't give a fuck. The worst that's going to happen is she's going to say no. So I thought that was kind of a fun note I had written down. Yeah, kind of like that too. I wish I had that energy. I'm I'm not I'm not honey badger at all. And then you're choosing not, not to have that energy, right? 
I don't. Well, no, it's like it's it's wiring or something. I don't know. Do you think he's yeah, wired but that, like that? You're just blaming like, it on something random. Overcame like <laughs> we all have, we are all capable of doing that. Sure, I suppose that's true. In the yeah, moment, just black out true. and just do it. Like it's kind of a get, fun thing. Get you know, blackout little, drunk yeah. and go do it. I got you. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> have a bunch of high noons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So yeah, he jumps up on the Ferris wheel. He's hanging on, by his hands, and he. Basically, uh, entraps her into a date. Is entrap the right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, bullies her into a date. I think. Yeah. <laughs> he's hanging off of the Ferris wheel, and he's like threatening to fall if he does, if she doesn't go on a date with him. Um. So that's super healthy. Super healthy information. Yeah. And wouldn't you uh, say that up to this point in the movie, his his uh, his persistence is like borderline creepy. Like he's just like, it's a lot, right? F- it's a lot. What the hell is like, this guy doing? I think there, like some women might find it endearing, and certainly Allie ends up going on a date with him. But like, if you acted like that in the real world, I don't know that you'd get a lot of positive feedback for it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, okay, so he, uh, he wins a date with her; she agrees to it, and then you can continue on. They go on a date. Uh, at some point, he says, um, "He says to her, she she's she's asking him something, and he says to her, I could be whatever you want.'" Like he's telling her all the things he could be. He could be uh, I brown. Know, I could be blue. I could be funny. I can be exciting. I can be this. I can be that. I can be whatever you want. So he's like, he goes from being like this, uh, very confident, uh, in his own persona person to kind of a simp. Like, oh, I'll just, I'll yeah. do whatever mm-hmm. I need to do to be with you. And he all admits right. too, because when he sees something that he wants, he has to have it. Like that's, he has to have, this it. is kind of like the act of having to have it. And then, they move forward. The date is at like a movie theater. It's a double date with his buddy Finn again. And I think mm-hmm. Finn's Finn's girlfriend or date, Sarah. I, I think her name was Sarah. Is it? I didn't catch that. I think it was Sarah. And then, so they're at this date and they, uh, like Noah uh, moves over to sit next to her because for some reason they were sitting apart. The date ends and then uh, Finn and Sarah drive. Oh, go ahead. You have a note. The, yeah. The, so she's, so Allie's very kind of dismissive of him during the date, right? Like she, in even in a theater like the, uh, she's kind of dismissive and not really into him and then they leave the theater finn and girlfriend hop into the car finn pops mm-hmm. open the like the hatch for the back seat to open up or whatever and says come for a ride and noah says to Allie, let's take a walk and then for some reason Allie's pop she's she's right there she like makes a turn in the street that like she's into him now she i think gets, she like, was i think she fun. was always I think she was playing like she wasn't. I think she was always kind of impressed and attracted. And well, she's like, done just like being putting coy. on the play now. She's like, yeah. she's okay. Like she lets her guard down now, and then they go take a walk. Yep, yeah. they take a walk. They do some things. I think Noah convinces Allie to lay down on the street. I don't think it was elderly Allie either. It was a re- regular street with traffic on it. And by yeah, the way, it was it was highway street. Yeah, something I have written down uh, in my notes, and I'll just read it out loud because that's what we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. We're reading mm-hmm. things out loud. Please do. Um, it, my note says when Noah lays down in the uh, busy street or the street with traffic, it reminded me of how I wanted to do that all the time during my marriage. I wanted to go lay down in traffic <laughs> a lot. Um, because it made you feel circle. free? Like it made Noah feel free? Oh, sure. Yeah, that's exactly why. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. Uh, yeah, they lay down in the street. Uh, he needs, he tells her she, she needs to learn how to trust because she's like not giving way to just laying down and relaxing in the middle of the street. You need to learn how to trust. I thought that was an interesting line. And she's a little bit of a, like follow the rules, like, and I'm sure it's probably partially due to her upbringing, but you know, by the book kind of personality and yeah, it kind of let her loosen up a little bit and see a different side of things. Yep. Eventually they, they end up dancing in the street. It's all beautiful. Um, She's, There's like a uh, montage of lots of different moments together. Then from then on, it was it's kind of like on and it's during a summer. She goes and meets his dad and she goes, they go on a date um, to the ocean. And, and by the way, I heard when she runs into the ocean that the ocean was like borderline freezing. So um, Rachel McAdams nearly dies during that scene. Really? I, I'm, I, I'm making that up, but I heard it was Committed really cold. To the part. Oh, that's wow. Yeah. And you're making it up. Okay. <laughs> she almost dies, but yeah. Wow. Well, harrowing. I'm glad she got out alive. Uh, okay, so then in the ocean, um, can I can I ask the, you? Go yeah, ahead. Go yeah. Ahead. No, no. This in is the, good. I want you to do the ocean thing because this is this is has to do with that. She runs into the ocean. 
And then she turns back to him and she says, do you think in another life I could have been a bird? And this is where I thought, oh, this is where we find out she's crazy or dumb or something. What is that? In another or dumb life and crazy. I could have been a bird. <laughs> uh, that was the coldness getting to her brain, I think. Yeah, that's how you know she almost died. So two things. One is not so serious. The other one's kind of serious. The not so serious one is I noticed in the first maybe 40, 50 minutes of this two hour long movie that Rachel McAdams character, Allie is running everywhere, constantly running in every scene. She's running there, oh, running here. And I'm yeah. like, God damn, this, this woman will not stop running. She's sprinting all over the place. And I thought, I'm like, that's interesting. Even when she um, moves to the city, she's like, she walks into like a courthouse or, or a, a, a like an investment bank building to go see her. This is spoiler alert. She's not going to be with Noah forever, but she's like got a real brisk walk about her too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even when she's yeah. walking, she's got a real brisk pace about her. Yeah. She's a method actress, I guess. Um, and and <laughs> the, the kind of serious thing is up to this point in this relationship, this summer fling of theirs or whatever, they hit it off like fast and hard. And it was like, yeah, they're, you know, they showed on screen like their chemistry and their passion for one another and like lust. Good chemistry, uh, right? These two really good, really good chemistry. Yeah. And even, yeah, even there's probably something to be said for the actors like delivering that on screen also, but for I, sure. I want to, this is the serious question. Uh -huh. Have you ever hit it off with somebody in that type of a way? Like it was just yeah. hard and fast and deep and like, yeah, yeah, you have, is, it sounds like, a, is this a painful memory? No, I don't think so. No. Okay. Not now. <laughs> it ended. It was at some point, but not now. Okay. Gotcha. But yeah, for sure. It's the best. It's the fucking best. It is the fucking best. Yeah. It, it really is. The, uh, oh, okay. Yes. This, this skipping ahead a little bit, maybe we can come back to other things or whatever, if you have other yeah. thoughts. But so uh, at some point later on down the road, they, you know, things happen, they're split up, whatever. But like at some point down the road, Martha shows up at Noah's house while mm. Allie is there. And Allie is like the most gracious and bubbly and like fun and like, come on in and, you know, have a, have a, have a sweet tea and a, a cookie or whatever. Right. Yeah. And, and it Martha, should be an awkward situation. And yeah, yeah. And when Martha leaves that night, Martha says something to Ryan Gosling, like um, she, she has like a newfound hope for relationships because she saw the way those two were interacting with each other. Mm -hmm. Isn't that wild? It is wild. It's like, it, it, and it kind of is like you watch that movie and you're like, Oh, remember that feeling? Go, oh, I kind of, I kind of wish, you know, that, that, that that's kind of a wonderful feeling to have. Now, mm -hmm. most of the time that, that relationship fizzles out, that, that hot fiery relationship usually fizzles out mm -hmm. and ends up being tragic. But uh, you know, it is, it is a nice thing to see represented and certainly chemistry yeah. is the word for it. And you did jump ahead a bit. And what the the thing that you skipped over that we must discuss is there is there had been years that had passed by that point. And within those years that had passed, Allie had met somebody else. Yes. Right? Lon. Lon. Yes. Lon's we meet him like in a, a war. She, she okay. So they uh Summer summer ends up. Uh, she's going off to school at Sarah Lawrence, which is in New York. Uh, he she doesn't tell him that her parents um, are he, against them seeing each other. He anyway. meets her parents. He overhears them saying he's a piece of trash, or whatever. So obviously it's shut down. He kind of is a little bit reactive and and just breaks up with her. She throws a fit. Whatever they're done. She moves off to New York. She meets Lon. She she volunteers at a uh, a war. Uh, she as a nurse uh, to to treat like uh, wounded veterans coming back because it's now it's World War Two. Uh, Noah is at, is is off fighting the Germans I think um, with uh, with Patton's Third Army. Uh, Finn shows up over there. Our beloved Kevin Connolly he dies. Rest Spoiler peace, alert. Yeah. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Like yeah, uh, uh, that's why they named him the character Finn because I believe that means like dead or the end, end in the some other end. languages. The end. The yep. end for you, Kevin Connolly. So she is volunteering or or being a nurse in like a, a ward where wounded veterans are coming back. Meets Lon. Lon is all I don't know. He's like a burn victim or he's all like wrapped wrapped head to toe in a cast or whatever. But he's James Marsden, so he still looks fantastic. Um. And then sees him later after he's all recovered, looking dapper as fuck, standing in front dapper of a nice is a car. Great word, yes, right, dapper as a motherfucker. And uh, yeah, so they then they I guess fall in love, but it's not the same thing that happened with her and Noah. Yeah, it's a different, more adulty love instead of this like 
very adolescent summer passionate fling that she had with Noah, right? Yeah, it's not summer loving. Had me had me a blast. Summer loving happened so fast. It's not Milan's got that money too, you know. Like he's more. He, we find out her Lon parents, is a, a trust fund baby. Yep. yep, exactly. We find out Lon has has like cotton money or something like that. Yep, yep. And while this is happening. Noah is developing some sort of like uh, side relationship with Martha, who and is a pretty also serious, a war widow. And a pretty serious drinking habit he's developing, too. Every time yeah. we see him from here on out. Now, what happens? Okay, so she's gone in New York. Uh, they they have broken up. Noah starts writing her letters, a letter every day. Uh, she never responds. Meanwhile, there's this old house that his dad helps him buy, and he starts fixing it up. And, and, and he's fixing Now, I want to ask you this. He, yeah, and every scene we see for like the next hour is him holding a, a bottle of whiskey or a bottle of beer, and he's like doing some woodwork or working on his house, always with a drink in his hand. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you this about the house. He buys this house and fixes it up just the way she said she would want it, with a white siding and blue shutters and a wraparound porch and like a painting room that looks out over the river and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, he does that all for her. Do we think Noah ever found him? Ever did anything he wanted to do? Or did he do this all for her? He did everything and, he wanted to do. You know, in and what way? fucking miserable. What? What he wanted to do was be with her. But if she never came back, would he be happy? He felt like he was doing that to achieve oh, what he wanted. I know that. But in another world where she doesn't come back because James Marsden's dreamy as fuck and he's got a lot of money... I think he was set on that course for the rest of his life, whether or not he, she came back. Yes, that's why I th- that's why this is a dangerous message. Dangerous yeah. message for the listener here. You you put your whole life and your whole all of your self worth into building this house so that this if this woman ever comes back into your life, you can mm-hmm. show her that you're like a man of principle and like you do what you mm-hmm. say you're going to do. And if she never comes back, are you in still the movies? Happy? She always comes back in real life. Eh. In the movies, yeah. <laughs> this this movie specifically, though, it's a bad course. Don't that do it, Noah. Yeah. Do something you want to do. I don't like it. It's a bad yep. message. So then, Lon and Allie become engaged with her parents' blessing, um, and yep. then and then all of a sudden, she sees a picture of Noah in the newspaper when she's trying her wedding dress on, or shortly after that, at least. And yep. it's like, oh shit! She actually passes out. She passes out on screen. Which I yeah, thought was he's hilarious. That, he's that look good looking standing in front of that White House. <laughs> that's, that's what but it was. She just falls over in her wedding dress. Yeah. And then she the gets next it, scene, you know? She gets all of it. She's like, that's one of the my house, f- and that's him. Yeah, you're right. It all hits her. And one of my favorite scenes in movie history. Now, this is silly, but she's laying, she's so she goes and takes a bath. She's got her veil on, and she's in the bath, and she's just turning the water on and off with her toe. Mm-hmm. I just watch that all day. That's I like that. Yeah, Do it's it hot. Up. She's got, and they they've framed it so that the mag or the uh, newspaper is like propped up on a chair, so she can see the picture as she's like turning the water on and off. And she's that's great. Wheel now now wheels are spinning now for her, right? Yep, wheels are spinning. Um, she approaches Lon and says, "These are these are famous last words." Having been a person, who I has... wrote the same thing. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> Having been a person who has suffered from infidelity and betrayal in my um, career of a um, husband, a relationship person, um, she says, hey, I need to get away. I need some space. I need to take care of a few things. Like, oh, my God. Those words are like daggers, right? Like, and Lon yeah. takes him like a champ. He gets it. He gets all of it. But he takes him like a champ. But that that's like, a.k.a. there's some there's someone else. Right? Could you could you ever mistake it for something else? Oh no way! These are yeah, these are this is Red Flag City, Lon. Watch out! She's going back to her hometown, Seaport, and she's gonna uh, take care of a few things. Lon it's might as well over, just man. lay down in traffic. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how does she not? She doesn't realize she's doing that, or do we think she knows what she's up to? I think she knows what she's doing. Well, that so here's a very important question. And for those of yeah. the listeners out there that hear our Bad Weather podcast, um, where we talk about relationships, infidelity, dating, sex, all kinds of shit, men's mental health things. It's great. Uh, we talked about this, we talk about this uh frequently too, but um infidelity on this on the subject. At what point in that whole 
ordeal do you think that she screwed up or she she led herself down the path of that so like was it the moment when she told Lon that she wanted to go take care of some things and uh do some things or was it the moment when she actually went to go take care of those things or was it the moment when she went inside or stayed the extra day and came back the next day what was the moment where you would say the betrayal probably happened like the tipping point when she honestly when i think it's she, when she went there when she went I think through it's, with it i think there. it's i think it's when she told lon she'd marry him oh what Explain. i think that's where it happened well she's fucking clearly in love with this guy still and she even tells she even tells noah later that it wasn't over for her mm-hmm. and obviously it's it's still not over for her because she's sitting in that bath flicking that that valve Beam. with her foot uh yeah. no the the valve with her foot oh I, well and, let my imagination do its thing please and and she tells lon <laughs> she'll marry him yeah you well you could be that's that's after after dark you can imagine that in about 24 minutes <laughs> oh my god what, a, what a sharp that. turn south yep i think i haven't thought about this but i think it's i think it's when she agrees to marry lon that the betrayal happens she's betraying them both she's betraying now. noah yeah, okay that's an and interesting both take. Of them. i didn't think yeah. of that yeah yeah i think that's when it happens because Wow. Well, okay. you could you could, you you know if she if she really truly wanted to marry him and she was really committed to Lon, then she wouldn't be going back to Seaport to quote unquote take care of some things. So you could say like it's it's when it, whatever story she's telling herself in her head why she has to go back to Seaport that's a betrayal. Actually, yeah. fucking driving there that's a betrayal. Going into she should have put house, up going out on the put boat. Up she should have put up air quotes when things. she's like, I gotta go. I'm gonna go take care of some things. Yeah, she should have put up air quotes. Yeah, just she should have done the thing Lon. where she she uh, runs her fist in front of her mouth and sticks her tongue into her cheek. I gotta and then does the cough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so she goes through with it, and um, it creates you know a, a very tumultuous situation. Um, I gotta say this about it: um, Lon handles things extremely well, right? Like he is alerted by her, you know, going to see Noah from her dad, I think. Like her dad kind of tips him off and says, Yeah, that's the reason she's going there is to fuck Noah. Um, her, uh, maybe might might be her mom. I think her I think it's her, her dad. Her mom told her that her dad told Lon. So like that oh, got it was it. explicitly got it. said. Yes. But anyway, okay. Lon knows what's going on. He heads out there instantly. Um there's like this uh you know this interaction between them that's kind of filled with conflict and Lon handles it like a champ. What we said it on our last podcast with Chelsea from the other woman and the wife yeah. uh, that we just recorded. What what exactly does Lon say? Lon has like three options that he gives her. He's like, I know what's going on. And option A, I can go fuck this guy up. Yep. Option B, I can let you just go be with him and do my own thing. And option C, I can't remember what C was. And yeah, he, then whatever, he's like, whatever all three are, he, he says, uh, but none of them get, get me to, to you or none of them. Yeah, none of them, none of them. Uh, have no, you end in up, picture end up or something with, like that with, with yeah. you right yeah and i thought like that man this is a very mature way to handle like especially heat of the moment granted it's a movie um i don't I don't think any guy in the face of the earth could you know handle things that way unless they were completely disconnected with the person that's doing it yeah right i, fi- I find i feel the same way I, I wonder like how how into her is he that he's not even like distraught over this um and then i then i wonder because spoiler alert she doesn't end up staying with him like if he was more fiery and passionate about her having broken his heart uh would she stay with him because yeah uh my sense of Allie is that she's a little bit of a codependent and a little bit goes whichever way the wind blows she Mm -hmm. she, uh she goes to the school her parents pick she is really into a guy who's really into her. And then when he's not into her or she doesn't, you know, she never gets the letters, but she fucking never goes back either. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? For seven years, they're broken up and she said it wasn't over, but did she ever do anything to go back and get him either? For the year he was sending letters, did she do anything? He was in the war for a year. she, She expected letters if he still wanted her. So she never got them. So she assumed that he was done with her and she moved on. So I, the 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 writing did a good job at kind of building that up and you know kind of creating some compassion in the situation because her mom 
it was disclosed that her mom kind of held those letters back to, you know, block her from getting them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, By the way, this is a, here's a hot take for you. Yeah. This is a good idea for a spinoff, like the notebook Two. Martha and Lon should get together and hook up. And like Lon is the guy that Martha's been waiting for. And the reason that she's got restored hope and romantic, romantic relationships, Martha and Lon hook up and they hit it off big time. Poor Martha, I gotta say, Martha, Martha is drawn as pretty one-sided. The the best, the the most redeeming quality of Martha is that she 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 tells those two that, or she tells uh, uh, Noah that she has a renewed hope in relationships after seeing those two together. Like that was that's how you know Martha's healed. I think Martha's Martha's yeah. gonna be all right. I, she's I, sweet, but, you know, but she's but she's a a widowed woman living in the late forties. In sweet Martha. I don't know somewhere in the south and i don't mm-hmm. know if it has a lot of prospects so it must be tough uh Funny. but yeah I, I would love that for martha i i like that for martha sure love it for lon too if he's into it fine yeah there you I go love it. no but the, the story um the movie keeps cutting back and forth between the elderly alley and the you know the young alley and the store that's taking place and all the all all along the elderly alley is like asking for more like please keep telling me duke keep reading the story i want to hear more yeah. Yeah. um she meets duke's family you know this is the perspective of the viewer but she meets duke's family who's also her family go ahead who's also her family let me sorry let me jump back to martha for just a second yeah when martha says that to noah um do you feel like martha realized in that moment that she didn't love noah either and that it was kind of a relationship of convenience for the both of them and that's and and that it was a bit of a realization for her that like it doesn't have to be because their relationship was like very like they're just hanging out. They're not, he doesn't love her. And in fact, at some point, and I have it in my notes here somewhere, but at some point he tells her, I know what you want, but I can't give it to you. Uh, I don't have it anymore or it's gone or something, right? They're laying in bed and and she's like asking what this is. And he's like, I know what you want, but I can't give it to you. I don't have it anymore. He, yeah. he's like he's broken and forlorn and lost and whatever and so we know that relationship isn't great when she meets Allie and then she goes out to the car with noah after and says she has a renewed hope in relationships does do we think she had a bit of enlightenment that she didn't love him either and she, there's a better no. relationship out there for her nope i don't think so i i think she was into noah but she knows that it she she discovered like what they had together and she wants that now yeah, but you don't think she feels some sense of like this wasn't right for me either. I think it was okay right for her, but she out. it wasn't right for Noah. I think she was if Noah was into her like the way that she was into Noah, it would have been good for her. But she she saw what they had and she realized that what her and Noah had was way different from what Ali and Noah had. It's an interesting take. It goes back to my I, I always I always wonder about this, like how much um can one person drive the relationship like i, f- I feel like guys get it guy, guys get saddled with or have to take responsibility for like driving relationships forward very often and I, I i wonder how much of that is fair like if if noah had taken some kind of care to push that relationship forward would it have better for, been better for him too you know yeah but like if it's not there it's not there you know so it's, it's not there it's not there. that that has to be that's like the prerequisite for a successful relationship is that chemistry and compassion and connection that noah and ali shared you know and noah made it clear that he didn't have that towards martha even though she's sweet but i think she had that towards him to answer your question but anyway she's sweet to use a midwest term for our listeners that aren't located in the upper Midwest, Sweet Martha's is a cookie brand that is Sweet very, Sweet Martha's very cookies. Delicious. Yum. And yeah. it was her that made them after she left Noah. She's like, I'm going to go start making cookies. By the way, Sweet Martha's is doing like five and a half million dollars with a business every year. So Sweet Martha's off on a good foot. Doing great. Um, cutting back and forth. Uh, it's old alley and it's young alley. And like the story is kind of like the story from the past is wrapping up and you're discovering more and more about her You know, future. She has dementia and she's in a um you know a, a nursing home and stuff like that along with noah slash aka duke because he's got heart issues yep and um, it's and disclosed I, I, by his uh his family uh is talking to him and we find out that like he he doesn't need to be in that home he's just living there to take care of his wife 
and they're telling him like this is silly she's never going to remember you the doctors are telling him the same thing like she has like a degenerative disease she's not doesn't matter how many times you read her this story she's not going to remember you yeah it's hopeless <clears throat> and in, in all along she's there's bits and pieces of things uh that say otherwise like she's suddenly playing the piano by memory and she's kind of remembering some things and the looks on her faces are like, Oh, I, I do kind of recognize some of these people. So it, it's kind of like, kind of cool. They bounce yeah, back. I in like, the past. Yeah, you're right. There's a, there's like a nocturne she plays on the piano yeah. that she plays in. She plays in um, the original house when it's all broken down. There's yep. an out of tune piano in that house. She plays it first there, I think. And then yep. it kind of comes back a couple of times. Another one of those nice touches that I think this movie does well is it kind of brings those things back around. I agree. The The feeling there's, there's always a little bit of a melancholy feeling in it. Even, even when uh, she's, when she can remember him or when she's in the, um, she's in the nursing home, she plays it. And I feel like, it's kind of like a, um, a, there's a sense of loss, even though they're still together, there's a sense of loss there. That's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, and then like Duke proceeds to wrap up the story, flashes back. And the, the end of the story is Allie kind of like settling up with Lon and leaving. And the next thing, next scene that you see is her pulling up in her car to Noah's house. Noah comes out on the top balcony of the house to see Allie coming out of her car with her suitcases. He knows that she's here now and he looks down upon her. And it's one of my favorite scenes of the movie. Yeah. Um, she looks up at him, suitcases in hand, and with complete vulnerability and kind of like, this is as transparent as it gets. She kind of just like shrugs at him like, you know, <laughs> what are we going to do control here? this. Yep. Yep. This, this, it is what I'm it is. here. Now what? She kind of like shrugs and it was like one of the coolest like little acting moments I felt like in the movie. Um, from Rachel McAdams. I love the delivery. She's on really that. great. She's, yeah. she's fucking great. There's a reason she keeps working. She's amazing at this. Yeah. And she's great. She, I think drops the luggage and runs into the house and then, you know, big old hug it out scene. Um, and by the way, I, one of the, one of the best messages in the movie for me was just before that, like when, she, you know, he's, she's going to go back to Lon and she's trying to, she's very <laughs> indifferent about it. Um, Noah kind of corners her at the car and says, uh, she's like, Oh yeah, we're, we're already fighting. Uh, we, you know, we've only been together for two days and we're already fighting. And he's like, that's yeah, so, what we yep. do. We fight. You tell me when I'm being an arrogant asshole. And I tell you when you're being an annoying bitch, I don't know what the word was or whatever. And then pain we make the up. He yeah, says pain, pain in the, in the ass, ass, I think. And which and is more often up, than not, he says. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we make up and we get through it together or something or something. And yeah. I thought I'm like, this is a really cool fucking message for relationships in general. You know, like that's kind of a very healthy way to go about that, you know, and it's a very healthy outlook, I believe, you know, like shit's going to go south. It's guaranteed in any relationship. You just yeah. work through it, you get past it, and then you're stronger because of it, you know? Yeah. Do you think the chemistry has something to do with that? And in, in, in the sense that like the, the, um, the passion, the fieriness, the the conflict they come to uh, is is because there's so much there's that chemistry there, there's that love there, and yeah. they they butt heads because of that, and then also come back together because of it. It seems a little bit toxic or a little bit something, but they always make it around. Well, I feel like yeah, they're both like type A passionate people, and that that just kind of like creates a very passionate environment you know where, where there's the yeah. possibility of the potential for you know fights but you know they 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 make up harder than they fight so it's uh it's always a net positive in, in their dynamic it seems like so yeah i love those two i'm back around um so movie. then um it kind of cuts back to elderly Allie, and she kind of like comes to and she's yeah she's there for for a moment for a few moments um she's Noah like you were him we were i yep. was her we were we were them yeah Noah slash Duke has like a date set up for them and it's really cute and they have moments and he gets to have like five minutes with, with, uh, yeah. Allie having her memory back and then it kind of all crashes down. She, you know, looks at him as a, like a stranger goes back to having dementia again. And it's really sad. And by the way, here's a couple notes I have from those scenes. Number one, this movie made getting old feel really depressing to me. I'm like, yeah, this is really sad to see, you know, the, the, you know, I'm, I'm guessing like they're, they've, these two are very advanced in age because they have like, you know, full, fully grown adult children with grandkids and, yeah you know, we're talking like 80 or whatever, but they, they, they make it seem like, you know, getting old is really depressing. Now the not quite so serious take. Do you think that Allie got dementia because she's a cheater? 
hundred <laughs> percent. No doubt in my mind. That's that's the stakes, baby. That's what happens. That is the first and last joke I'll make about dementia ever. <laughs> well, let's dive into it a little bit because this, okay, uh, this this movie is written by a man. Okay, so yeah. hey, whatever whatever character flaws we think, or however thinly uh, developed Allie's character is in this movie, we have to uh, we have to put an umbrella over that and say a dude wrote this character. So there's that. Then there's the he wrote her as a little bit flighty, a little bit goes with the flow, uh, does what her parents want her to do decides she's going to marry the rich guy uh then then cheats on the rich guy and then goes back to her first love and then gets dementia i mean really is it is it is it a uh is it a moral is it a is it a story about like moral flaws do you think is that what we're because it's a love story? Like we know, like that's what this is supposed to be. They end Maybe up together. I would, I would say they fucking I would say, die in each other's arms. That's what I was gonna say. At the end without, of the day, without that, without the dying in each other's arms, and she kind of came to again before that night. Again, she she came back yeah. again for a little bit, and she recognized yeah. him and stuff like that when he came in to her room. Without that scene, I would agree to you that agree with you that yeah, there's something with that. But like that was all just to kind of have that ending, you know, like the perfect wrap it up with a bow and um, it's not happy. It's kind of bitter. And by the way, my thoughts on the movie as a whole, it's the kind of movie that I would want to watch once, but then probably not again, because it's just the sad parts are too sad for me. There's good stuff in it, but I'm like, fuck man, that sucks. It's it's, I mean, for me, it's not a John wick, you know, it's not a perfect movie. Um, I say that a little (laughs) bit tongue in cheek, but not really. I think those movies are pretty goddamn great. And I rewatch them all the time. Um, I think, I think a lot of the stuff is, um, is surface. Like there's not a lot of deep stuff in it. I think, uh, you know, a lot of the, um, a lot of the fiery passionate stuff between those two isn't really earned. I don't think they go through a lot of like conflict together and come back mm-hmm. in the early stages. They're just kind of whatever they are. She goes away, she comes back. There's this scene when she comes back after the seven years, he takes her out on the boat and then it starts raining and he's like paddling back. And there's this, when he's, he's paddling back, they get rained on and she's trying to cover herself up with a jacket. And then she just kind of says, fuck it. And he starts laughing and she starts laughing. And then this big swell of like emotional music fires up like this big swing. And it just felt like, what is that? That's not, is that earned? Did they earn that? Was some this was something achieved here yes. where they just they yeah, got rained on and started laughing? Yes. Like they just were yes. out in a fucking boat. What's I have an explanation or an interpretation conflict? at least. Explain. It's it was a callback from when she laid down in the street and she kind of let it let things be and kind of like she was was over controlling her life or being controlled. And when she laid down in the street and danced in the street, that was her kind of letting go of that control and just like living and being in the moment. Well, when she was in the boat and she was being rained on and she was covering herself up, her yeah. taking that hood off was that same moment again, like a callback to it. Like, I'm just going to let things be. I'm okay. going to get rained on. Uh, so I, like I think that. it was kind of like a callback. I like that frame. I think, um, I mean, so are we to, to, are we to assume that like the first one and a half, two acts of this movie is all about her learning to let go? Yes. Well, it's, not all about it, but it's is that what that heavy, emotional heavy swing theme. is supposed to be? That's interesting. Yeah. I think they could have done a better job developing that, though. Yeah, maybe, but like you only have uh, like what you know, if, infinite amount of time to do that for sure. But what if Lon was a little less of a great guy? Like, what if Ron, Lon was more controlling than he was? Lon was a, well, then Lon it would have been good dude, it would have right? it would have been less of a heart wrenching decision. Like it, it definitely yeah. Lon being such a good fucking dude and handling things so well made that so so hard for her, you know. No, I agree, but I think that if if he had been more controlling and she had been more bought into that control, it would have been more uh more of a release when she finally let it go. Yeah. Like I it, like if the story is about her internal conflict uh about about control overall and not internal conflict about which of these great guys do I want to be with because let's be honest, both these guys are great. Can't fault yeah. that, that lawn. Yeah. 
I mean, you know? I would be only, I would be lucky to meet one of those guys in my life, let alone two. I'd almost prefer <laughs> if, if, oh shit, are you kidding me? Still waiting for a lawn to come knocking on my door. I'm, I'm Team Marsden, by the way. I'm all, I'm all about James Marsden. I, oh, I take he's him great, over right? Ryan Gosling. He's real good. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm a Gosling man all the way, so I, I, we're it's pretty to, close. We're, yeah, we'll have to fight over that. But I think I might have enjoyed the movie more if Lon was a little bit more controlling and was more of a of a clear pick because it would have fed into her um difficulty with that but like but you know this is how relationships are you like like if her if her dad is controlling then she goes out looking for a controlling person and like because you're always trying to kind of solve that problem you had in 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 your childhood right so that would have felt more genuine it would have it would have made more sense and then when she lets go of the reins and throws off the coat and lets the rain fall on her that might have been more of a genuine moment for me honestly. yeah not for me I, I i love that he was a perfect dude he just wasn't perfect for her I, and i like that message yeah. <clears throat> like you couldn't be a better guy than lon and yeah. she still chose noah you know like cuz it was that's her per that's that's her person you know um we're getting a little bit long in the tooth here, so I, I got a burning question that I want to ask you before we yeah. before you wrap things up. Let's do it. Um, ask me a burning question, then we're going to call this quits. I love it. Okay. Miller, what would you do? So like one of the themes when they were elderly Allie, when they were on elderly Allie, <laughs> was he chose to abandon his family, like his kids and his grandkids, to stay with elderly Allie for those one or two minutes uh, that he would get with her which isn't guaranteed uh, because of her dementia. What would you do if you, if you have this connection with somebody, would you, number one, this is kind of a two-parter. Number one, would yeah. you abandon your, your kids and your grandkids to spend every last waking moment with your person that has dementia and may never even recognize you? I don't know if I would, man. I don't know if I would. That's, there's a lot like, okay, let's just think about this. Like um, in terms of like, what is, what is your role in that family? Uh, I think Assuming it's a normal grand grandpa dad role. Yeah. Right. I think, you know, so families are busy, right. And it's not like grandpa's going to be around for everything, but I just feel like you'd be missing out on a lot of grandkids uh, soccer games and a lot of, um, just, you know, dinners, they clearly, they, it seems like they live in the same neighborhood or area or state or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. the, because they all come down at the same time. Yeah, maybe like, if that family, if that family lives in different parts of the world, they're not all there in the same day just to pop yeah. in and then they leave and then he stays right. there. Like, he doesn't seem like he sees them a lot. He so, lives there, yeah. Yeah. So I, I just don't know. I think you, certainly you go back and you visit as much as you can, but I think mm-hmm. you can't, I don't think you can um, re- uh, re- remove yourself from the relationship with your grandkids and your kids because that's because uh, they need that too. Like this is a this is a grown woman who probably, if you asked Allie, and she was uh, in a if she if she had like was of sound mind and body, if you asked an older Allie, like, would you rather me sit around here? trying to get you to remember me yeah or would you rather me leave pictures of your family and your friends and the story and the notebook and things all here around your space that if you do come back and i'm not around you can read it again or you can pick it up or you can see them or you can call me on a goddamn cell phone it is modern times um while i'm out like taking care of our family that's the second part of my question too going into our family you're you're leaning into that and by the way this this topic has caused difficult conversations with me and my girlfriend. <laughs> She's like, so you're just going to leave me like towards the end of this uh-huh. movie. We've, we've probably put it on maybe three or four times in the last year. Oh, She's really? like, I always get like the judging look and it's hilarious. She's like, so you're just going to leave me right when I have dementia. I'm like, well, number one, I'm going to be the one with dementia. And number two, this is the second part of the question, Miller. Right. Yeah. Second part of the question. If, if I, I'm t- I'm telling my girlfriend right now that if if I have dementia, I don't want her to stay with me. I want her to go and live her her life. Like I don't want her to like that. That feels like a selfish move to like want somebody to stay with you when you can't even like return or reciprocate anything. You know. So like, 
Would you want your person to stay with you in that circumstance? I don't think so. No, not oh. not at the not at the expense of their relationship with their grandkids and their kid and and their kids yeah. and, and all of that. No, I don't think so. I agree. No. I, I same way. Come, and then come the back. last piece. Come, come feed me some b- banana pudding. You know, bring sure. a Nilla wafer. That's come all. Visit great. like the and kids like, visit. Yeah. Ha- yeah. Hang out. Hang out as much as you can, but not at the expense of the the relationship. And the last the piece that I think the writers maybe justified that with was that like I think maybe Noah slash Duke knew that he was dying also because he did die and he had heart problems and he said he had three heart attacks in the last like whatever. Yeah. He had so he probably one. knew he was winding down. He wanted to spend his last moments with his with his love. So I get that mm-hmm. part of it, but like it it caused me you know some conversation and dialogue and it was kind of fun to go through that so yeah for sure he uh so at the very end they he he lays down she asks do you think our love can take us away together he says i think so or yes or something then they just lay down and die in each other's arms so i mean you know obviously this movie isn't meant to be like a uh full realistic retelling of somebody's actual relationship uh it's like an allegory or it's something yeah but, based on um, a true story yep <laughs> kind of poetic and beautiful. No, <laughs> kind of poetic and beautiful. And, and ultimately, uh, I don't know. That's fine. It's, I think this movie gets like a 60 something on Rotten Tomatoes, probably deserving. Um, for my money, there's a lot of things that could, could be done better in it. A uh, couple of open-ended loops or whatever that never really get closed or things that aren't earned or whatever. But, um, yeah, man, you can go watch that Ryan Gosling and that James Marsden and that Rachel McAdams for two hours. It's the worst things you can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and with that, our dramatic retelling of The Notebook, <laughs> which is I mean, beat, beat for beat, word for word, is now over. Uh, I want to thank you guys for listening. Come back for more of these. I think we'll do uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I don't know. Do you have any others that you thought of? I love that. That's a good suggestion. We'll just have to keep listing, list, listing them off and maybe listening for suggestions from listeners too. Sounds good. Till next time, this has been Bad Weather After Dark. I've been your host, Jonathan Miller. That's JP Hurley. Take very good care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.